So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. Okay, here's some good feedback here from Chris Lecce. Five stars, amazing podcast. Chris Lecce, my favorite podcast. I've always learned something new and valuable from Pat and his guest. And I love that Pat adds something useful from the guests like their ebook, scripts, or marketing material on their website. Thank you for posting it all for us in an easy to use format. Hey, this is awesome, great, thank you, Chris. Keep the comments coming, guys, I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want, I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest today coming from Beverly, Massachusetts, Mr. Ryan Snow, the renowned author of The Miracle Morning for Sales People. And he is also an office manager of a Keller Williams office out that way in Massachusetts. And has a team that brings him in passive income uh, on the side and uh, has got all kinds of entrepreneurial endeavors currently. And uh, we're going to get into some nitty gritty about how to make more money selling houses in today's market. So without further ado, Ryan Snow, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me on, brother. I see you got the memo that today is a purple day. I got purple rocking. Yeah, I must have been feeling you this morning. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, let's, let's dig deep into this. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, Ryan, so they can get to know you better? Yeah, sure. So uh, I started in real estate maybe six years ago. Uh, I was a teacher at the time. I just started figuring out things on my own and trying to learn from everybody around, listening to podcasts like uh, this one and reading books. And uh, I built myself up to probably six, seven million, eight million dollars. I gave up the teaching thing, stepped into this team leader role, and uh, was forced into the situation to sort of replace myself on the team in order to keep it going. And so I was able to do that. I've been in the team leader role the last three years. Like you said, I generate some passive income from the team, probably around, I don't know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year just in passive. I spend maybe two hours a week on the team just doing some coaching. And, uh, and then we've built up this office from about 90 agents to 150. We should close about 1,250 units this year, right around $10 million in GCI. So uh, it's been quite a path. I, I ran into Hal. We had worked together in the past. I got the opportunity to write The Miracle Morning for Salespeople with Hal. Uh, we came out with a workbook a year ago for that. I've been doing some traveling and teaching in uh, a bunch of different real estate offices and mortgage companies, running a one-day workshop on that Miracle Morning for Salespeople book. Uh, and we got a new book coming out this year, uh, Explosive Sales Growth in Real Estate, Building a Six-Figure Income. It's all about different ways that people can lead generate to grow their business. So lots going on. It's been a lot of fun. I love it. I love it, man. Entrepreneur at heart. All right. So where, where, where do we start? I'm sure you're taking a lot of what you know in the sales skills and growing your 
office, right? You've grew from 90 agents to 150 agents in a very short period of time. Any advice on uh, how to recruit for any brokers that are listening or any uh, agents that are trying to recruit for their teams? Yeah, definitely. So uh, a couple things first is just finding the pain points and trying to figure out where we can help solve problems for people tends to be the easiest way for me to recruit as far as agents into the office, right? Going out there and trying to do this real estate thing is difficult. Uh, and that's putting it lightly there. There's some people who make it look easy. You've got a handful of these really big agents doing huge numbers, but you've got a ton of great agents that are struggling in the 4 million, 5 million, 6 million, $10 million range that could be doing 20, 30, 40 with just a couple little tweaks. Um, and so really just diving in and asking them some questions about what they're doing, what's working really well, and what are some pain points and how can we help solve those problems. Uh, and for most of them, I've found that it's been around leverage, been around helping them replace themselves and find people who are better at certain parts of the job that they don't like doing so they can free themselves up to do the part they're good at and really dive into sales and grow in the business. Wow. That's great. Uh, I love it. Pain points. And you could say the same thing about going on listing appointments with sellers. That's all about finding the pain points and, and attacking those pain points, right? And, and like our certified listing agent program on Rebus University, Dan Grieb gets into this. Uh, he's very much into, you know, finding three pain points and then, uh, you know, putting band-aids or, or medicine on those pain points and then, you know, closing for the sale. And I guess, you found the same way to do that with agents, real estate agents, right? What are their pain points? And then say, hey, we can cure that for you. Here's how, where their current broker or their current team cannot. All right, so let's talk about teams. You got your team going, got some new and exciting things uh, with that. You've completely leveraged it. So it's just giving you passive income and you're able to manage the Keller Williams office and you're able to write books and and tour the country and give seminars to salespeople. So obviously, you know something about leverage. What can we learn from you about leveraging a team if, if we have a team and we'd like to just kind of put it aside and let it be a passive income vehicle like a rental property? How, how did you do that and, and what can we learn from that? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think I've definitely made some mistakes along the way and I'm starting to get some of them figured out um, and it's made it a lot more passive in the last 12 months. Um, but I think first off, it's about finding the right fit. Like it has to be a right fit. When you make a hire, it has to be a right fit in a lot of different ways. Uh, one, are they naturally a right fit, right? So we use things like the disc and uh, we've used the AVA in the past and now we're using the KPA, which is a Keller Williams tool, but uh, similar just a personality fit to see, is it a natural fit for the job? And it's not that that means that somebody can or can't do the job. It's just a matter of uh, how long will they stay there and be comfortable uh, and want to continue in that position? Because if they put themselves too far outside their natural fit, uh, then it will become difficult over a long period of time. It's going to cause stress for them, which is going to cause stress for me. Uh, are they a cultural fit? So are they somebody that I'd want to hang out with? Are they somebody that I would want to spend time with? Do they fit with the rest of the team? Uh, do they have the past experience? Like, can they actually do the job I need them to do? So uh, if I'm going to take part of the job back at some point after hiring them, then that doesn't work for me. So they have to be able to understand the skills or at least learn them very quickly uh, so that I don't end up taking that job back. And then does it fit what they want, right? So does the role that I'm putting them into, will that allow them to fulfill their wants and needs on their end? Uh, and are their wants and needs big enough for the role that I'm putting them into? Right? Do they have a big enough reason to go out there and try and kill it? If I'm going to hire somebody who's going to be doing lead generation for me on my team and their goal is to make 50 grand a year, 
that person's probably not going to be the leverage that I need to allow me to hit my goals. I need somebody who wants to earn $100,000, $150,000 a year in that role in order for it to make sense for me to spend a lot of time training them and getting them ramped up and running on our systems so that I know that that's going to drive uh, the profit on the other side of the business for me and that we're not letting leads go by the wayside because that person who has that big goal and wants to go after it, they're not going to miss a lead. They're not going to not follow up on an open house lead. They're not going to not follow up on a lead that I paid for. Uh, they're going to go out there and get it because that's what's going to help them hit their goals. So do the goals align, I guess, is part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm seeing a shift in attitude of profit margins, you know, with regards to people like yourself who just want to treat a having a real estate team like a rental property, so to speak, where it's just kind of giving you a couple grand a, a month and, and you're happy as hell with that or versus the old model of, you know, I got to be more involved. I got to be highly accountable and I got to get 50% out of it. Yeah, I want, I want to talk about that and, and how you dealt with that. So let's let's get in some nitty gritty. Like, so how much business did the side, and it, you know, a lot of people now, if you see this uh, on social media, they call it the side hustle, and you've basically made your team a side hustle, right? So how much gross income, as I say, ECI, which obviously you don't have an ego with it because um, you know you just created it as a side hustle. But how, what was your ECI on your team in the last twelve months? So we'll close between eight and nine million dollars in volume, right around two and a half percent. So about uh, 200, 225,000. Okay, and then what was your net profit on that? Uh, last year was 50,000, probably going to be closer to 60 this year. Okay, so you got 50,000. So you're like, hey, I made four grand a month. Now, some people would look at that and be like, damn, Ryan, that's 20 percent right? And you and I both know how that works. You know, that 20%, once you put a pencil to the paper comes to about 15% when you're looking at everything and you're like, oh, well, okay. So a lot of people would say that's preposterous. You know, that should be 50%, that sort of thing. Uh, talk to me about your philosophy with that and, and why you're happy with that. Yeah. So if I were to leave the team leader role and dive back into working on my team, which at some point is one of the reasons I've kept the team going while I was here is so that I've got that as an option. I've got that business uh, in the background. If I want to jump in, I would expect to make 40, 50% uh, as far as profit, but I only spend a couple hours a week uh, coaching with the team and making sure that certain things are being hit. So I look at it as, Hey, if I worked a hundred hours to make 50 grand last year, I made 500 bucks an hour on a side hustle. Uh, and that's money that I, I don't necessarily need to make that's money I can turn over and reinvest and then that makes its own profit on top of itself in other passive income streams. So did you ever sell real estate? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So for my first three years, I was the only person selling on my team. Uh, first three and years. Because I'm meeting people now who basically don't even need to be licensed. Like they never sold themselves and are creating teams. Like I met a guy yesterday who just is an investor, but he he saw the team concept and he threw it out there and it worked and he's making money on a team, right? And he has a team, but he's never sold a house himself ever. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's, I mean, Hey, if it works for him, it works for him. It's a business model, right? So, I mean, anybody who learns the model could follow the model. I think there's something to be said for having done it and been in the trenches. Uh, I think there's more coaching and things like that, that you can offer, but you can hire somebody else that has, uh, that same experience. And so if you're somebody that really grasps the models and understands how to drive leads to the team and, and help solve a problem for those agents who wouldn't otherwise be thriving at the level that they are because they're on your team, uh, then 
more power to them. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So uh, I want to talk about the explosive growth here. You've come up with, uh, you know, 10 things that you've learned, you know, traveling around the country, talking to other salespeople that you've learned from mentoring 150 agents in your office. It basically boils down to 10 ways to get a real estate business. Why don't you just ramble off those 10 ways real quick? Yep. So number one way is sphere of influence, which I think most people know. Uh, yeah. Vendor network. Cliche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, vendor networks, which would be the next one, uh, tying in your vendors and making sure that you've got relationships to them where you're not just feeding business to them, but they're also bringing business back to you. Uh, social media, uh, whether that's advertising and we go into a whole bunch of things, but also just listening on social and, and following up with people's lives. Uh, secondary transactions, which is one that we coined because it just came from a bunch of different things people were doing. And that's any transaction that's driven from a current uh, listing or transaction that you've got going on. So anyway, we can drive more transactions from the current listings that we have. Okay, we wait a so, okay, secondary transaction is the fourth one. So what does that mean? Like having a listing and then someone calls and says, how much is that house? And you say, hey, do you have a realtor? Is that a secondary transaction? Uh, yep. So anything that came from like a sign call, anything that came from actual marketing materials for the listing itself, uh, anything that came from maybe circle dialing and inviting people to open houses, like those would all be ways that we could drive secondary transactions. Okay, got it. Uh, then we got, yep. Uh, so number five is open houses. Uh, number six is just listed, just sold, whether they're yours or not. Number seven is farming. Uh, eight for sale by owners. Nine expired listings. And ten uh, working with investor clients. Okay. And are those in order of what uh, is most effective, or are they just in any random order? They are not in order of what's most effective. I mean, we started with Sphere because that's where pretty much everybody starts and that's going to be the most profitable for most people. Um, but outside of that, I think it really comes down to what people are comfortable doing. So what we talk about in the book is don't do all 10, right? There's no reason to try and figure out all 10 of these. Pick two or three that you're going to they get really good at, go deep on them, uh, learn the scripts, learn the tactics, get the tools. Uh, and then that's where you're going to drive your customer base from. If you try doing all 10, you're going to do none of them well. If you do two or three of them really well, you're going to make a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that you're right about that. You do two or three of them really well. I mean, you have to be aggressive. As Gary Keller says, you have to be purposeful, you know, uh, with two or three of them, right? So you're purposeful with Fizbos, then you're going to be calling them every single day for two hours, right? If you're purposeful with sphere of influence, then you're going to be doing a Michael Mayer type thing where you're, 
you know, talking to them or Brian Buffini where you're dropping stuff off to them and, you know, uh, you're, you got to be purposeful about three of those or two to, I would say three, you know, and uh, you'll be successful, but don't try I to agree. do all 10. And if you know about them, you'll never, you almost like you should hang out that list of 10. And if you know about them, then just the awareness is never going to have you where you're hanging out saying, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Let me find something else to do that's going to make me busy. No, 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 no. Don't find it. You know, don't go show that rental just because it makes you feel busy like you're working. Purposely go after one of the three. Pick one and, and do something about it to make money today. Yeah, and that's what we talk about. We lay out some daily strategies that people should be doing. I mean, the, the whole point behind the Miracle Morning book was create a daily routine that creates a habit that you do every single day, and that's going to drive success because it's going to set you up in the right direction. Well, it's the same process behind these 10 strategies. Whichever one you're going to do, we lay out, hey, what are the, the daily things that I need to do? If this is going to be one of the key strategies I use to grow my business, here's the five or six things I need to do every day to make sure that happens. And so it's the same thing. It's around building the habits and patterns uh, so that you aren't spending time thinking about what are the other things I should be doing. This is just what I do. This is how I grow my business. And just making sure that there are things that you, you try and find the ones that you like and you connect to. I mean, focus on the people that you want to work with, whether that's first-time buyers, move-up buyers, military, investors, it doesn't matter. Just if there's something you're strong at, right? If you love finding a deal and you're good at math, well, then why isn't one of your strategies working with investors? That would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I love that. If you're good at math, I mean, that's a simple one, right? If you're good at math, you should be working with investors because that's much more of a left-brained activity. It's more like commercial real estate. Right. And if you're the touchy-feely guy who's the super emotional, connects with clients, whatever, then go work with the downsizers who are worried about selling their house after 25 years that they raised their family in and need to help get through that uh, emotional leap to be feel comfortable selling that house and moving on to the next one. If that's your thing, then, then that's your client base. And, and you should be doing things that focus on picking up those list things and targeting them. That makes a lot of sense too, right? If you're a high S and you're, you know, very empathetic and you love people and you can, you got a lot of patience and you can sit there for five hours on a listing appointment with, you know, 89 year old, a couple, you know, why not do as much of that as you can and, and focus that rather than trying to work with investors or, you know, something more left brain, like I said. So that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about the Miracle Morning for salespeople. You know, what, why don't you go ahead and explain like a third grader can understand. Let's not, not assume that people have read it or even read the first one. You know, Hal's been on the show several times, but it's been a little while and, and uh, I want you to chat, talk, talk on that from the start. Yeah, so the, uh, essentially Hal teaches the Miracle Morning, which is a morning routine to jumpstart your day and, and put energy into, your, into the whole day and your week and month and year, uh, et cetera. And he teaches something called the Savers. Uh, and the Savers is the routine. It's silence, affirmations, visualization, uh, exercise, reading, and scribing, which is just a fancy word for journaling. And the idea behind it is he went and researched, hey, what are all the top uh, self-development things that I could be doing and he couldn't narrow it down to one he narrowed it down to six and he found a simple way to put them all together and it sort of caught on caught fire with people because it's been effective for people it's simple to to integrate into your day it's an easy habit to build and once you build it it's pretty easy to scaffold some other positive things on top of it and that's really what we did with the salespeople book uh, all we did was say okay hey if you've got this morning routine then what's next how do we focus on some of those lead generation things that we're talking about how do we start building daily habits that are going to grow the business after we've grown ourselves personally. 
As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I'm going to put a link to that book on hybendigital.com backslash Ryan Snow. It's R-Y-A-N-S-N-O-W, hybendigital.com backslash Ryan Snow. Ryan has also offered two free chapters of the book. If you just want to get it for free, that we're going to put the the PDF versions for you guys there. You can get it for free in our our toolbox. So it'll be on hybendigital.com backslash Ryan Snow and hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or just type text toolbox to 444-999. Ryan, I want to talk a little bit about technology. Um, You see a lot of technology coming across your plate. You oversee 150 agents. I really believe technology is a way for real estate agents to hack the process and leverage themselves. So, you know, it's taking the place of staff and our own personal time, our own business time that we spend working. So what are some phone apps and what are some software systems that you're seeing agents starting to use now that they may not have been using a year ago? The discussions that I'm starting to see a lot of is around the people that are doing a lot of online lead generation and how do we manage that. So a lot of the technology we're looking at right now is um, what CRM people should be using based on how they're running their business, what type of leads they have coming in, who are they trying to manage, uh, what types of ongoing conversations are they trying to have and how do they automate as much as that as possible uh, and still personalize it. So maybe that's automating it with reminders uh, and setting up staff to be able to send things out or do different things or maybe it's email or maybe it's text messaging. Um, But depending on where they generate most of their source of leads from, that's become pretty important right now. I mean, before when you were managing a sphere of just a couple hundred, 250 people, you could call them, right? You could write them a note. You could go meet them for coffee. But if you're managing Facebook ads and you've got 10,000 leads that came in this year, we're not having that level of conversation with everybody. So it becomes really important how we're staying top of mind with those people. So those are the big things we're looking at right now is CRM. And there's so many of them out there and just figuring out uh, what you need. Every, Every one of them offers something unique that's good for a certain team and the way they run their business. And the key is just like before, you got to be purposeful about using that thing. You got to be obsessed with it, right? You got to be, it's got to be like your favorite app on your phone because they all go to the phone now. It's got to right. be your favorite, you know, software on your computer. It's got to be opened all the time. You know, that should be, you should be looking at your CRM app on your cell phone first before you look at Instagram or Facebook or your text. You know, that should be like your go-to. If you only have five minutes, don't go read the news. Go read that Commissions Inc. app or your Boomtown app or whatever it is that you're using, right? 
Definitely. Yeah. And, and find one that's going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Right. So there's so much in technology out there now in the CRMs that uh, you can have it tell you who are the first 10 calls you need to make and stop wasting time in the morning and just hop on the phone. Yeah. That top 10, I talked to somebody recently and they're like, you know, they don't care where they are. They've got that top 10, you know, if they're waiting for their car to be repaired, if they're waiting in the doctor's office, if they're waiting, you know, if they're driving down the road, they're on their CRM on that top 10, right? You know, 10, nine, eight, seven, six, banging out that top 10. And it's, again, it's about being purposeful to something. And, you know, and, and most of these CRMs you can set up, right? To give you, uh, tell you, exactly what to do to keep you accountable. It's, it's kind of like almost like a artificial intelligence form of a coach. Right. And so think about what you just said. You just said, even if you just made those 10 calls, no matter where you are every day, right? If you work 200 days a year, 180 days a year or whatever, that's 2000 real estate conversations you're having every single year. And if you've got a team with three or four or five agents, now you're talking about 10,000 real estate conversations that you're having if they're following the same path. So uh, it have a huge impact on anybody's business. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Ryan, this has been a blast, buddy. If I'm ever in Beverly, Massachusetts, which I assume you're kind of near Boston, I will definitely look you up and we'll get together and break some bread. And thanks so much for your contribution to the toolbox there. And I'm going to put all of Ryan's information. If you guys want to reach out to him and touch on anything we talked about, it'll all be on hybendigital.com backslash Ryan Snow. You've been awesome, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Pat. I hope you come out to Boston. We get a chance to break that bread. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.